Okay. Here we are. Here we are. So. <laughs> so this is Brown Burndown. Brown Burndown. The Brown The Brown Episode 17. Episode 17. And uh, happy 2020. This is the first episode we're actually recording in 2020. Woo! Exciting. That's so true. This is exciting. It is exciting. We're both like a little sick. This podcast has... Yeah, yeah. So sorry if we sound off. But this podcast has seen three calendar years now. Oh my god! That's so true! Right. What?! But, yeah, so happy 2020, happy hashtag Nick Young Watch 2K20. No, we said it was going to be hashtag Nick Young Watch 2020. I think 2020 is perfect for Nick Young to Watch because it's like we're watching them and it's 2020. Yes. Right, so if you guys give our most recent episode a listen, you may find that some of the stuff we talk about is a little stale. (laughs) But, nonetheless, it's still super important, which is why we felt like we couldn't cut much more than we actually did out of the episode, and it's a longer episode than our usual one. So, you guys should definitely give it a listen. It's amazing. Yeah. So, guys, we have a Twitter. (laughs) Um... May, we may no longer have a Twitter shortly, so... <laughs> get in while you can. If you want... Yeah, get it while you can. And if you want us to keep doing this kind of thing... Alt, then... if you want to be our social media manager, <laughs> let us know. Also that, yeah. Brown Burndown. At Brown Burndown. Follow us at Brown Burndown. Yeah. There's no the. Just Brown Can't Burndown. Can't commit to tweeting, but we might. Should we get to the real stuff? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So, lies we told. Lies we told. Okay, well, we uploaded uh, the episode today. So, so far no one's called us, but I think that we lied, definitely. We're not as familiar with the NRC as maybe we should be. So, please call us out because we really do want to know. Exactly. Yeah, and if you happen to be on the ground or have, like, close loved ones who are on the ground, would love to hear that perspective as well. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, okay, true. so lingering thoughts? Oh, my God, so many lingering thoughts. So Deepika Padukone, who we've talked about on this podcast before as someone who's, you know, kind of like a foil for Priyanka Chopra in this, like, narrative, um, or the media has turned her into a foil for Priyanka Chopra, as someone who's trying to make it in kind of Western media, has mostly failed, but is definitely, like, more beloved, I would say, in India. Um, she is, um, so she has this new movie, Chapak, which is about, I believe, a woman who's, like, an acid attack survivor. Um, yeah. And it's based on a true story. She's supposed to be phenomenal in it. It's supposed to be a really empowering, beautiful, well-done also, honestly, like, a really exciting step for Bollywood, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, a really, really exciting step for her, too, to play that role. Yeah, but it's really exciting to see the media there tackling some of these thornier kind of societal issues where it's not just, like, 
obviously, and terrorism, I think they do some stuff with too, but it's not, it's not just like, well, obviously there's a bad guy and it's the terrorist or it's the British. It's like, well, there's some really insidious things that are kind of embedded in Indian culture that are harmful to women and harmful to minorities. And let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's huge. It's really huge. And I don't know, I feel like, again, not, I'm not that familiar with all of, of what I'm like I guess I should say I'm way more familiar with like what goes on in Hollywood on a daily yeah. basis and like what the culture is in Hollywood than I am in Bollywood but I do know that Deepika has done roles in the past that she has gotten flack for because they are controversial mm. that's kind of related to what we were going to talk about with her doing uh press and promotions for this movie Chapuk while speaking out mm. about the the protests happening in Delhi and actually going to the university where the protests are happening. We were talking about it in our last episode, which we just posted. We were, we were calling her out for not saying anything, but I feel like she's now doing a good job actually using her celebrity to uh, talk about something really important that's happening. I mean, the, the comparison to the U S on this kind of thing is wild. Like we talked about this last episode, but like, I mean, the nature of democracy here and there is, like, it is different. Um, but here, celebrities are very much, like, piling on Trump and being very vocal about what they believe in. But that was, like, super not the case in India. Like, celebrities seem to be quite in the pocket of whatever the government happens to be at the time. Um, and even Priyanka Chopra, we were, were really disappointed in because she is in a position of being having her career basically in the US now and having like all of her connections and many of her project her future projects based in the US so she has actually nothing to lose by um speaking out against this so that leads me to believe that right. she doesn't support the protests um no yeah but that's which is like the least surprising right. thing ever but that's a separate issue but um but anyway this is like issue. incredible that uh Deepika's like speaking out especially when no one else is doing it there was this post, I think I sent it to you on Instagram, this account on Instagram, Brown History. I think he, he, the guy who runs the account posted a picture of like all of these Indian celebrities, Bollywood stars, like famous cricket players, just like chilling with like really dangerous people in the BJP. Like they're like best friends. Yeah. No, it's awful. And uh, I don't know, it just makes me love her even more that this is like really dangerous for her to be doing. And yeah. You know, like, corruption is very much still a thing in India. Like, I don't know. But this also my thing is, like, you can always hide behind that. You can always be, like, my career will suffer if I do this. Or, like, something will happen to me if I do this. And that, but, like, if the biggest stars aren't willing to do it, then who would, you know? So by right. her taking a right. stand, I feel like hopefully there's a trickle-down effect of, like, smaller people being like, oh, I can do that too. So, second lingering thought. Ooh, so this is some exciting Ooh, is news. One. We've talked about Dave Patel before. And actually, Tars, you saw this in the paper. But Dave Patel has been cast as the new David Copperfield in the new version of David Is there an old version of David Copperfield? There's like a masterpiece okay. classic. I've watched it <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> um, wild. In the best like, way. Okay. In the best way. This is great for Dave Patel also, who we've talked yeah. about him before, kind of selling his soul for taking these parts that really only 
portray Indians in, like, the most stereotypical way possible. Exactly. So, he actually gets to use his... English his, accent? Like, native <laughs> accent in this. Happy right? for him, finally. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But the the rest of the cast is also resembles the top deck of a bus in any British in any big British city. Benedict Wong is Mr. Wickfield. Um, Nigerian born Brit Nikki Amuka Bird is his mother, Mrs. Steer is someone else's mother, Mrs. Steer. Oh. Anyway, this sounds cool. It sounds like Hamilton, but like a movie. So Anyways, okay. The next lingering thought, because okay, so Padma Lakshmi, uh, shout out to Padma Lakshmi. I feel like we haven't, like, given the her enough she praise. Deserves. Like, honestly, yeah. we could do an episode we about should. her. Like, she's so, should we? she's so cool. Yeah, okay. we really should. I feel like that should be our next episode. Um, she is so cool. She's so yeah. woke. She is literally on the same page as Tars and me and I. <laughs> on the same page. Tars and me. Me. Um. She has the same thoughts, same opinions as us. I think her first tweet, or her Happy New Year yes. tweet was like, make chai tea not a thing 2020, <laughs> or stop saying I chai tea 2020. That's, actually, that's our, you yes. know, we were going to do like tweet of the episode. I think that has yeah, to be ours. That's, that has to be it, yeah. Um, okay, so she basically posted this picture. Um, it's really funny on Instagram. It was a picture where she tagged, like, the New York Daily. She was like, thanks for, like, the shout-out, New York Daily Magazine. So basically what happened was the New Yorker posted a cartoon, and they were like, guess who's, which celebrity loves this cartoon? And then they posted you to swipe right, and then it's a picture of Padma Lakshmi, but they tagged Priyanka Ugh. Chopra. And so Padma Lakshmi, like, riffed on them by posting a picture of the, like, post and tagging the new york daily magazine in it which is hilarious but also like woof they are legit and they pretend to be woke also yeah and they call oh my god and you're posting a picture of padma actually tagging priyanka chopra i know her comment her caption is thank you to the illustrial at ny daily news in quotations for the shout out winky face i know to some we all look alike but question like the shrugging emoji hashtag daisy life hashtag just indian <laughs> things and then all these celebs natalie portman goes oh no <laughs> uh yikes <laughs> i love she's her so she's awesome uh okay so our next lingering thought is about um something that we have not talked about on the show i think uh, which is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which has nothing to do with brown culture, like, even a tiny bit. Um, but it's on yeah. Amazon, and we both watched it over the holidays. Uh, it's season three now, which honestly was... Did, did you finish it? I did finish it? it. It was definitely not as good as seasons previous. Season two. But yeah, they're trying really hard to make it diverse, which I appreciate. I don't think they did it well. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel yeah. is kind of this, like, uh, floofy... Is that the word that I would use? Yeah. It's like a floofy show yeah. about, like, this... It's, like, kind of feminist. It's feminist. It's a feminist show about this woman who's, like, making it as a comedian, um, even though uh, she had, like, sort of planned out her life as being a housewife and a stay-at-home mom, and that was sort of what was expected of her. Um, and it talks about, a lot about, like, Jewish-American culture, especially New York. And it's, it's very delightful, but I got a lot of flack about portraying this, like, 50s-era New York with no diversity at all. Like, no black people. None. At none. all. In the first season, not a single one. 
So they added, like, a storyline with some black characters for the second season. But, like, that, too, they barely made it. And then the third season, they're more prominently featured. They are, but it's, like... uh, I mean, I guess it's hard because they were, like, trying to make it floofy. And, like, uh, race relations in the 50s are not, like, floofy. Like, that's not a floofy topic. Right. Yeah, and there are parts where they bring it up, like, spoilers. But, obviously, we should have said that spoilers. But, like, remember he brings up the part where he can't stay in the same hotel as her. And they just, like, gloss over so glossed over and I mean, I feel like they do floofy jokes about Jewish culture on like the Upper West Side in Manhattan, but the jokes land because the creators yeah. are Jewish, and like that that it makes sense for them to be making those yeah. jokes. So the like jokes about black people, the jokes about Chinese Americans, yeah. like the floofiness does not land at all. That's that yeah. could have been so interesting, and you just glossed over it. But it felt like they didn't know how to, and they didn't really want to actually get in they there. S- Right. I so agree with that. I agree with that 100%. But, yeah, you're, like, like you said, the one main black was history. We tell them this. I guess it's a huge spoiler. But, like, literally yeah. the one main black character in the show is also yeah. gay, which definitely is on yeah. brand with what we talk about on this yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. We've uh, talked about this before. What did we talk? Uh, I think in the Harry, the Harry Potter thing, you know, about... How, like, you put one character in a basically all-white production, yeah. and then you make them be also not only the my only minority in the whole production, but also gay, or also disabled, yeah. or also, like, some yeah. other, they have to t- take on, like, a slew of minority characteristics. Yeah. Also, it's wild that they don't see that, like... I mean, yeah. I get that there's only so many stories you can tell, so you try and, like, lump in a bunch into one, but, like, why couldn't, like, I don't know, her brother be gay? Or, like, the, like... Yeah. Like, the performer be gay, but maybe, like, someone else is black in her life. I don't know. It, it felt lazy. It felt like lazy writing. The Chinese-American... There's a Chinese-American storyline as well um, that also felt really lazy and, like, very, like, stereotyping of an entire race. And there, I think there was a, a lot of... Like, a lot less nuance in the Chinese-American storyline than there was in the black storyline. Like, I think they did definitely... Yeah. Looks like they put a little bit more effort into the black storyline. The Asian storyline is, like, Asians have secret gambling, like, dens. And that was the whole... That was it. That was all we got. Do better, Amy Sherman Palladino. Uh, cool. Okay. The last lingering thought that we have was something that we just learned today, actually. And so we recently saw on Instagram that the actress slash singer who played Eliza on the touring production of Hamilton is going to be one of the principal parts in Wicked on Broadway. And she is the first South Asian to be cast as a principal part on Broadway. But then we were sad because... (laughs) We found out the part that she's cast on Wicked, and it's, like, not one of the two main characters. Yeah, like... So we're like, what does what does principal part mean, number one? That's my first question. <laughs> then also, how sad is it that a South Asian has never gotten a, a role that's considered to be principal? Okay, so I'm assuming that principal means, like, a named cast member and everyone else is, like, in the ensemble. But then I was thinking about it. Like, what's been on Broadway? Like... Mean Girls yeah. is on Broadway. There's a whole Indian named character in Mean no. Girls, you know? The, what else, what else, what else? 
Aladdin. Like, wait, surely there's some South wait, wait, wait. Asian. You're so who right. Who is a prince. Hold on. You know what I mean? Aladdin has not so had... Like, that can't be right. Like, oh, my God. Aladdin Are Broadway cast. Asian? Quentin Greenspan, Aladdin. Ariel Jacobs, Jasmine. Jonathan Freeman, Jafar. Ooh. What? There's no South Asians in this. There's not a single South Asian in this production. Oh my god, wow, we just uncovered this. Wait, this is, is wild. Anyone, is anyone else really upset about this? Can we talk about this? Is anyone talking about this? Honestly, if not, we need to write an op-ed about this, like, tonight. tonight. Wow. Broadway is not diverse at all. Oh, I don't even think we've said her name yet. Her name is Shoba... Narayan, and she, yeah, is the first South Asian American to play a principal role on Broadway. Wow. That's even more upsetting than I thought it was. Yeah, right. It first started started off as really exciting, and then it got progressively worse. Oh my god, I can't talk about that anymore. It's so upsetting. Okay, that was our last lingering thought. Wow, I'm shocked. I'm shocked too. Anyway, okay, our favorite section... Yes, Nick Yanka watch twenty twenty hashtag. Um, hashtag. Wow, wow. Where Wait, do we begin? We should we should use the hashtag on our. Oh hashtag. yeah, that's great idea. That would be a good. That's, that's a, a good thing good place to yeah, hashtag. Sure. <laughs> I mean, we've already kind of talked about the big stuff that they have not done, which is <laughs> not out. talk about yeah. the protests. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so that was annoying of them, but classic. Okay, one of my favorite things that I've discovered recently, if you guys don't listen to Who Weekly, you absolutely should. I feel like if you like this, you would love Who Weekly. They hate Priyanka and Nick. Like, they just despise them. They gave Priyanka and Nick the, like, worst couple of the year award for 2019 <laughs> in their, like, version of the Oscars. Um yeah, weird. Case in point. Rabs, do you want to talk about the Golden Globes? Horrible, right? Okay. So, well, there are two parts that I want to discuss. The first <laughs> was the, like, the meteor one, which is their actual presentation at the Golden Globes. Yes, they went together as a couple, and they presented an award as a couple for best TV series uh, comedy. Well, I think Fleabag won. They got to present it for Fleabag because I remember Priyanka being like very excited with the Fleabag one, and they did like they did this like little bit before they presented, which also all the bits are like usually very awkward. I That's think. Like, true. You have to like pull it off really. But well. But if it's your spouse, um, so you would think it would be a little your, better. Yes, and they're like the couple that's just like performative. Like, they want to like put each other on the spot in their little bit. I wonder if we could play a clip. Maybe that would be like next level of us. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you look amazing tonight, baby. I'm so glad we get out of the house for this beautiful party. Yeah, well, nice trying, Nick, but this does not count as date night, clearly. Here are the nominees for best TV series. Like what? <laughs> I don't know if that actually played. I heard um, it. That so, was horrible. Um. It just like, like what was her what was the joke? It was so weird. And then okay, so then the second weird part was when they were interviewed on the carpet by Ryan Seacrest. And first of oh, all, yeah. I think Ryan Seacrest was just like generally being kind of a jerk. Yeah, like, he's the he worst. only talked to Nick. 
Yeah, he's kind of the worst. To her credit, like, I would be annoyed, too, by this interview. So uncomfortable, like, looked really annoyed to be there, like, was visibly looking around at, like, other people surrounding her instead of, like, focusing on the interview. Why? My question is also, like, why... Who gave... Who greenlit the idea for them to, like, present an award together? Like, has no one seen the Vogue interview and recognized that they don't actually... Like, they don't have good chemistry as, like, humans? Yeah, they don't. Again, yeah, they're trying to prove to yeah. us that they were a couple, and we're like, we know. We know. Everyone saw the picture. But now we don't believe it, because what was that? Like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I cannot believe that we're st- we've been discussing them for over a year now. now. It's like mind-blowing It is wild, but there's so much to say. There is so much to say. It just it's baffles me that there is still like the existence of them as a unit. That like that. Is I know so it's wild. actually so impressed. Thank you guys. Like really, thank you. Yeah. What would we do without yeah, you? Truly. Uh, okay. Did I do anything else? I feel like they didn't really do anything else. No, I think we summed it up pretty nicely. Oh, and then we have one great thought from our friend before we move on to the main yeah. event, which is about um, Priyanka's alleged BFF. Megan Markle. Yeah, aren't they supposed to be friends? Oh, yeah. I was like, wait. Like, who? You're so right, but was she invited to the wedding? Yeah, she was there. So, oh, yes, thoughts from our friends, which, yes, the one thought from our friend, i.e. my mom, (laughs) was, who I guess is a friend. Um, She can be my friend. She, yeah, she totally is. She asked me the other day, she's like, oh, can I add your friends on Facebook? I was like, no. (laughs) Anyways, and so, um... She was basically like, but she was like, I think that Harry's leaving his family because he knows he's not his father's biological <laughs> son. I was like, I don't think, no, no. Like, why would he leave that behind for that reason, you know? Maybe he's always know. wanted to leave. I feel like he's, okay, well, we can get into it later, but um, yeah, I believe that theory. People think it might be theory. former army captain James Hewitt. Okay, but Google image James Hewitt. I actually do believe that this guy is his real dad. Really? Because yeah. also it was kind of an F you to his father to be like. Oh, whoa. You know? This guy does look like Because Harry doesn't look anything like his alleged dad, you know? I think I should let my mom know. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Anyways, that's the only thought from our friends. So if you have more thoughts, please let us know. <laughs> Our main topic, guys. We finally have arrived at Congrats it. for waiting for this. Yeah. And Good job. Surprise, surprise, as we've alluded to many times this episode, and if we release this in an even somewhat timely manner, probably you've seen this news, that uh, hashtag Megxit. Megan and Megxit. Harry are leaving the royal family to spend more time with their jobs. Did you see all those yeah. tweets? They were so funny. Yeah. <laughs> there so the tweets have been the tweets excellent. Tweets have been wonderful. Honestly, yeah. The media reaction to this has been so interesting yeah. to watch. So this happened when as of the time we're recording this, this happened 3 days ago I think. Yeah. And oh, which also was one day before Kate's birthday. I know, bitchy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, the whole thing seems just like laced with pettiness like yes. all over it. But um, they formally announced this separation on their Instagram page 
announced that their website, sussexroyal.com. Dot com, yeah. Dot com, interesting. Was going to be the new, like, face of their charitable slash personal slash, I don't know what else, lives, (laughs) right? I think it's mostly their, like, the charity that they're trying to, like, get going. Fun fact, right? the people who designed Megan's lifestyle blog, the TIG, were also, that she had to dismantle when she became, like, princess-to-be or whatever, are the same ones who designed yeah. sussexroyal.com. Really? Yeah. So, yes, they've launched this new platform <coughs> where they're going to post about kind of all of their missions and goals and charitable endeavors, but at the same time, they don't want to, like, completely sever ties with the monarchy. They're still, like, going to be uh, serving the queen abroad in whatever capacity she wishes and they want to just generally strengthen the community that's under the commonwealth yeah so that's what we're going to so talk, talk about this okay i feel like there are two sides to this story that we need to talk about let's get the first one out of the way because that's like more pop culture yeah. which is like um kind of the way the media has treated Meghan Markle and how this is kind of like an F you to the British monarchy and maybe we'll like topple the monarchy entirely. Side two that we're like maybe a little bit more interested in talking about is kind of the like, actually it's really problematic how they position themselves now. It seems like as like Commonwealth saviors and like the whole idea of the Commonwealth is super problematic. But basically like what Twitter has said and like what generally I think in America people feel about this whole thing is like good for them and I think in our like first royals episode we talked about kind of how like unpopular opinion or I guess maybe popular opinion is that like Megan has absolutely gotten the short end of the stick the way that media treats Kate Middleton versus the way that they treat her has been atrocious and like yeah racist super super racist yeah like Megan seems a little sketch in that like Ooh, hot goss is apparently that she cheated on her first husband a ton, um, coming from a friend of the first husband, so, like, unclear how real this is. But, but like, Kate is also sketch AF, too. Like, the whole... Yeah. They're all sketchy. Like, Harry had his whole, like, very problematic phase, too. Will is, like, just kind of a jerk, like, cheats on Kate's all the time. Like, they're all problematic. Megan is, like, no more problematic than the rest of them. But right, right. primarily due to, like, racism, I think, she has been treated just, like, atrociously. Atrociously. And then also the there's this fact. It's facts. Like, this is not conjecture that, like, the royal family has so many skeletons in their closet. Some of which have been, like, unearthed for the world to see. And one of those was Prince yes. Andrew's scandal with Jeffrey Epstein. The way the crown handled it was to deflect from any press surrounding that story they actively fed stories like oh my gosh Meghan Markle is in a fight with Kate Middleton Harry and Will aren't talking to each other anymore they actively fed those like if on the day that the Prince Andrew thing was the main headline if you googled Prince Andrew the first thing that popped up was a cosmopolitan article about how Prince Andrew couldn't tell Beatrice and Eugenie apart. What? Okay. The next article was like, like Meghan Markle and Kate in feud um, over Prince, like, or while like the palace does like deals with its own issues. Which like, what does that have to do with anything that Prince Andrew is doing? You know. 
they've obviously used Meghan Markle as and like the drama surrounding her as leverage to like cover up for other things that are going on you know that's so sketchy well it also has felt like very much that she was when we've talked about this how she was like a real person who lived a real life before unlike Kate who like dated Will in college and then basically moved right into the like royal family but like Megan yeah is a 30 Eight-year-old woman, she has lived a life, she has made her own money, she has had things the way that she's had things, and liked things the way that she's liked things, so, like, she's not really as moldable, and so, like, people would be like, she's so difficult. It's like, well, actually, maybe she just, like, has opinions and wants what she wants because she's lived outside of your weird locus of control before. Um, right. So the relationship has always been fraught, but basically, like, the fact that, like, literally a relative wore a racist brooch to meeting her, like, there's just, like, all the stuff that she's gone through that, um, everyone's basically, like, amazing, like, get out of there, like, middle finger up as you're leaving, like, they have done nothing for you, it's an archaic institution, and, like, yeah, take Harry with you, like, he's also gotten kind of a short end of the stick through this whole thing, too. Right, exactly, and... I think that's a very popular opinion here in the U.S. Like, if you look on their announcement post on Instagram, the, like, first three people that have commented are, like, Mindy Kaling <laughs> and Padma Lakshmi and, like, InStyle Magazine. Like, woo, can't wait to have you back. Like, this is great. Like, amazing. And then you read the comments and they're all of these people from the U.K. being, like, this, of course, like, this woman's a gold digger. Like, of course she, like... She abandoned Gold her own family. Like first, yeah, which is hilarious. she makes more money than um, him. <laughs> yeah, right. And also, she like works to earn her money. Yeah. It's all entitled to her. Um, they are like, oh, of course, like Megan abandoned her own family, and now she's making Harry turn against his oh own. Oh my god! And this is so classic. This is never gonna last. Like these comments are horrendous, and like. When she says, like, oh, yeah, I've had a really hard time this year. Like, yes, you can see it. Like, it's right there in those comments. And also, I think, like, there's a great article in Betches about this, which I think, Tars, you sent me, um, where they kind of talk about tabloid culture in the UK and, like, how in the US, like, tabloid culture is, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, the National Enquirer, like, prints something or, like, literally whatever. This is entertaining to read while I'm in line at the grocery store, but... It doesn't mean more than that. Although, to their credit, they did break the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky scandal. Did they really? Good job, National Enquirer. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Anyways, but um, in the UK, like, the Daily Mail has a lot of weight. Like, people read it, and I think half of it's because, like, it's printed and is free on all public transit. So, like, you're on the tube, and, like, I guess I'll just go read the Daily Mail. But then also, like, that coupled with their, like, very low bar for, like, what they choose to print can make it, like, extremely toxic. Well, also, those are the newspapers that are, like, quote-unquote on the royal circuit. So there's, like, a series of, like, um, like, kind of, like, the press corps, basically, for the White House, but have access to the royal family, and they are all, except for, like, two tabloids. But since the Meghan thing, Harry is now the most popular royal, like, um... By far, I think. I can't remember if it was, like, Harry, then the Queen, and then 
Will, and then Charles is way down the list, but, like, Will isn't even, like, up there. Like, his reputation has been actually taken a big hit um, recently. So the question is, like, if Harry and Meghan are the most beloved royals and they peace out, like, are taxpayers going to start questioning and start being like, we don't want the monarchy anymore, like, this is stupid, like, if they don't even want it, like, why would we? So I do wonder if this is, like, kind of, um, the beginning of the First end. domino. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it undermines the monarchy in the ways that it should, yeah. for sure. Like, I think that, like, the monarchy deserves this, and, like, if Harry and Meghan, even if they're using, like, the government funds or whatever, like, just kind of as, like, an F.U. to the monarchy. Like, they had it coming for them, so, like, good for them. But then let's talk about the funding and, like, the yeah. flip side that you said, the second side of this, where it's, like, the Commonwealth and the way that they're projecting themselves and why that's equally bad. Yeah. So it's, like, one thing for them to be, like, F you guys, like, we would love to, like, work on causes that we care about and, like, be financially independent and, like, the monarchy is stupid. It's another thing to dive back into their really problematic habit, especially Harry's, of being, like, president of the Commonwealth. So, on their website, they have, like, all these, like, goals that they want to achieve through the, like, Sussex Royal whatever thing they've started, right? And one of them is, like, supporting community. The second is serving monarchy. And then the last one is strengthening the Commonwealth. No. N-O. And then they describe the Commonwealth. They say it's a global family of 53 countries. Ew, no. Bound together by shared history and tradition. Get. Working to promote out. a future of peace, democracy, and human rights for all. Okay. Like, the irony is just... If you're not furious reading this, like, you need to get a history <coughs> textbook. Like, that is yeah. not a family. This is not a group of, like cherished brothers in arms this is a group of countries who were murdered oppressed and financially ruined by the british for like sometimes hundreds of years like the these are people these are like trauma victims of the british greediness yeah gtfo so you can also go to the commonwealth website which Uh we did thecommonwealth.org and they have a whole tab on it where they describe their history and it is like sugar-coated would be an understatement it is like dipped in sugar like 20 times over um they say that it's a political association the first of its kind like yeah what does that um, mean what are they saying right and then they even go as so so far as to say that like a couple of countries like voluntarily signed up to be part of the commonwealth yeah they're really defensive about it own up to it own up to the destruction and the racism that enabled you to do these things and then like go forward from there like do not call it a global family when it was and then just glossing over that for especially for megan and harry to do it because i think they so much of what their statement said was that they want to get away from this. They use the word progressive in the first sentence of their, Lol. like, departure from the royal family. They want to be a new, like, in a new progressive venture. Like, it is not progressive to literally revert back to the ways of, like, your British ancestors. But it also reminds me that, like, I don't know, we're, like, giving Harry a lot of credit because he's, like, I don't know, seems more real than his brother. But he didn't go to college, like, 
he was in the army, I think, and, like, said really problematic things about Pakistanis. Um, he dressed, didn't he dress up as a Nazi? Something, yeah, that sounds right. Um, he, like, uh, that's, that's, well, we know, we know how he talks about Africa. Like, he clearly doesn't get it. He doesn't it. get it. His ties to Africa are just that his mom liked Botswana, and so, like, that's why he's, like, passionate about Africa or whatever, which, like, I guess there are worse reasons to be passionate about Africa, but, like, He's not coming from the perspective of states. Honestly, in some ways, like, Will has been groomed to be, like, a leader. So he, like, has a college degree, presumably has, like, been um, brushing up on his, like, uh, understanding of global affairs or something. Harry, I don't think, ever had that. And so, and that kind of shows in this language. Like, it kind of, I don't know. Ickley feels like he's trying to start his own em- He's not, but, like, it's like he's trying to... He, he can't be king, and he's mad that he can't be king, and his son isn't being included in the narrative about future kings. So he's like, well, I care a lot about the Commonwealth, so I'm going to carve out my thing as being, like, basically, like, uh, like, de facto leader of the Commonwealth. When you actually read their website and try to understand how they're going to finance themselves, it is far from yeah. self-finance. Like, they're still going to be accepting funds from the queen they're still gonna be using royal properties and they're gonna need security so like i mean and that's what people are saying on twitter is like oh like they should pay back the people for all this stuff and it's like i i mean like i don't even know if it's about that anymore like it's a little bit weird of them to be like we're gonna be financially independent but like they're not actually gonna be but i think maybe hopefully this is a larger conversation about like why do you pay for Kate's security? Why do you pay for Will's trips to India? They are, I mean, what are they? What are they to you? And because, like, can be figureheads right. and you not pay for them, you know? Like, they can just be, right. like, representative of, like, a royal class or something that's no longer existing, but, like, they're not doing anything anyway. And, in fact, Meghan and Harry have the potential to do so much more if they could get jobs and be ambassadors and whatever. They just have chosen this really weird, problematic Commonwealth thing that makes me feel like they're not going to do anything good with it. And also, did you see that Meghan is doing, like, voiceover work for Disney? Like, that's her yeah, thing? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so, like, yep, questionable I if did. they're actually going to do anything good with this. But it does seem like it's rooted in a lot of pettiness and ignorance on both sides on all sides yeah on all sides yes just general ignorance oh my gosh we should read this tweet that you found so to tara's point about people being upset about whether they should return what they've used so far so laura our favorite laura ingraham right yeah so laura ingram posts um on twitter do you, do you think Harry and Meghan should repay the British people for their royal wedding, their world travels, and their three million home slash casual renovation? Hashtag Megxit. And Jabuki, who's like, uh, what's it, the Daily Show correspondent? I, maybe he's not on there anymore, but that's how he became famous, and he's like very popular on Twitter. He responds, do you think the British people should repay the world for ruining it? And the answer is <laughs> yes, they definitely should. Um... <laughs> So, um, also, it's kind of crazy what? that, like, being pro, like, the Queen and um, Will and Kate it's, is Trumpy. It's it's political now, yeah, because Trump said that she's, he's sad for the Queen because they're leaving, and that, I think, entirely boils down to a racist issue. Like, that's, it, that's all it is. Meghan Markle, is she American? Yeah. She is, she's right? American. 
She's not Canadian. He should be right? excited. Like, she's American. You should be excited that your American citizen is coming back here. It's a family feud. No one actually knows what was happening. Like, they're leaving yeah. the royal family. Who the F cares in the U.S. about who's in the royal family and the, who isn't? Right? Like, the U.S. was founded by overthrowing the British yeah, royal family. Yeah, that's the like, point. <laughs> that's the point. Like, why do we suddenly care about what whether the queen is sad? I don't understand. It... It it literally makes it's it racism. Fun. That's all. It's it racism. Is. It's racism. I feel like okay, good for Megan that she got out of that situation. I'm not like pro them because their Commonwealth thing is super problematic. But like, I don't know. It just seems like a bad family and like an archaic institution, and we should just get rid of the whole thing. That this definitely undermines the few strengths that the royal family has left. Yep. It, it's probably like one of the biggest. I mean, honestly, what should have undermined it is the freaking prince andrew scandal yeah. like that should have toppled this but like if this has to do it like i support it <laughs> yeah we're pro <laughs> we're down with the market but down with the monarchy so i think that's about everything we want to talk about yeah no hot take hot take hot, hot take. take yeah time for hot take okay well we kind of already talked about this but it merits another emphasis because this is the wildest story of 2020, is that there are no South Asians in productions of Aladdin. Like, is not even a hot take? This is just a take. What? Like, like what? what? <laughs> there are any, or, or even, like, people from a Middle Eastern no! origin. Like, what? Like, why? Okay, also, like, music and singing is a huge part of Indian culture. Like, there are many, many very talented so get Nora Jones. Nora Jones can be Jasmine. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she has better yes. things to do. But, like, there are, like, <laughs> like, there are, like, like, incredible singers of South Asian descent. That's, like, a thing that people, unlike myself, who have no vocal capabilities. But, like, young kids do, like, Carnatic music growing up and, like, traditional singing, right? Like, that's, like, a thing. Yeah. Totally. They don't all just go to, like, grad school and join corporate jobs or become doctors. Like, they're out there, and they deserve to be cast in a freaking musical about about people. people. (laughs) What? Or of some vague resemblance of their people. They deserve to be there. Okay, so hot take. Broadway. (laughs) Cast some South Asians. Yeah. It's not, it's like the least hot of all of our takes. It's just a take. It should be. It just should be fact. I'm shocked that this. I know. I can't believe. Someone should pick this up. This is wild. Okay, that's the episode. That's our episode. Sorry, we're sick, and there's probably like seven sneezes and a lot of tissues in there, and the coughs and congestion. (laughs) Good thing you can't get sick by listening to our podcast. Um, as always, rate, review, subscribe, and email us at thebrownburndown at gmail. Any thoughts? Do we have any new reviews? Yeah, true. True at gmail.com. No, I checked the other day. Yeah, sad. So review us. Review us. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye.